Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I am Fudefan on Instagram and on Twitter, and I have a blog at fudefan.com. And uh, I think this is what, episode 38? Episode 38? No, 39. 39. Episode 39. Wow, I can't believe it. You know, episode 39, it's it's all because of the listeners. And um, in order to show our appreciation, we want to read some reviews. And so, Jacob, you ready for some reviews? I'm hoping for some some Moon Man feedback. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, unfortunately, no Moon Man feedback uh, for today. But we did get some reviews from uh, people from different countries. So uh, the first one I want to read is from Uni015 via Apple Podcasts from the Philippines. And Uni015 says, Awesome podcast to get updated. Uh, Five stars. I love this podcast for the latest updates and news about fountain pen and ink scene in Japan. CY and Jacob always have new and exciting things to share, which makes me want to get more pens and explore deeper down this rabbit hole. Other than news, I also learn more about the different intricacies of fountain pens and its history, which is always fun. The hosts are fun and their sometimes conflicting opinions and views are what makes this podcast very interesting because you get different <laughs> perspectives. Exclamation mark. Uh, keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Uni from Philippines. Thank you so much. Yes, we, we don't always agree on uh, filling systems and other topics. Cartridge and converters are clearly inferior. <laughs> the next one we have is from the United States, and this is from Memslot via Apple Podcasts. Memslot says, excellent, five stars. Uh, there's much to admire in this podcast. It is interesting to see the world of Japanese pens and stationery through the lens of two genial experts. I don't know if we're experts or not, but thank you. Um what is especially impressive is the balance between information, news, and new products. Very hard to manage. A podcast not just driven by new products. Very welcome and consistently interesting. I always look forward. Thank you. Well, thank you, Meme Slot. I guess last week was a very product-oriented yeah. um, podcast, but we do try you know, to, to have that kind of a balance. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for your review. And for everybody else who, who hasn't written a re- review yet, or maybe you've already written a review and you'd like to support us some more, I highly encourage you to help us write a review because, Jacob, we're actually running out of reviews to read. So we need more reviews. Now, I have to say, we only have three more uh, reviews uh, in order to read. And we did get a question um, about... If you're not on the Apple mm. ecosystem, how can you help write reviews? Uh, I'd love to expand on that a little bit. So there are some Android apps that do offer uh, reviews, but they are somewhat obscure. I'm not sure, to be honest, how helpful that would be. So instead, I would unpack the question into: uh, Do you want to give us, like, if you want to give us feedback on what we do well and not so well, then our website. Our tokyinklings.com website is a great way to do that. If you want to tell people about the podcast, then uh, Instagram stories are immensely helpful. Yes, Instagram stories, uh, Instagram posts, uh, Reddit. Make a make a thread about us on Reddit, mm. on Facebook, on uh, on Fountain Pen Network. All of these um, these things help us greatly. So uh, we would definitely appreciate it a lot. Yeah. All right. 
now to get into the meat of today's show, um, Jacob, you've you talked about uh, these glass <laughs> pens last time, and you, you said, yeah. you know, you're not really a glass pen person, but you know, try it out. And since then, you got another glass pen. Yeah, this, this is escalating fast. Yeah, so last time in the last episode, I talked about how I got my first ever glass dip pen. And now we're here two weeks later and I already have a second one. So I had some time off work this week. So uh, Alessa and I, so Inky Rocks and I went to Okamotoya in a tournament in Tokyo. I think we have talked a few times about Okamotoya, but not nearly as much as we have talked about, you know, Shosaikan and Idoya and Madison. But the, the short story is that Okamotoya is probably, no, it is the place to get toner and limbs ink. So apparently there are well over 300 different toner and limbs inks available right now. And most of them, most of them are actually available at Okamotoya. They have this like shelves, an entire wall full of toner and limbs ink. And they have this ink testing corner where you can try all of them. But of course, mm. as we have said a number of times, toner and limbs ink and glass pens they go hand in hand because many of the especially many of the recent tunnel limits ink releases they have been made for the glass pens so you know a combination of shimmer and uh, pigmented and uh, more or less experimental inks so of course of course Okamotia also sells glass pens and they have uh, a lot of different glass pens available including some that are quite hard to find elsewhere so uh, Alessa and I spotted this glass pen with a stub like nib and I think last year after Inkunuma maybe or sometime last year we talked about this tooth glass pen with a ribbon nib mm -hmm. right and and that mm -hmm. was very popular I think continues to be very popular I found the tooth nib a little bit hard to use maybe because I'm left-handed maybe because it's too broad I'm not sure but this one the one that I found at Okamotoya, it just perfectly suited my handwriting. So I had, mm -hmm. I tried a few inks and I was quickly sold and, and there was only one of them available. So, you know, FOMO kicked in and uh, I, I I had to get it. Um, yeah. And of course, um, Alessa wanted it too. And, and she knows that I tend to get bored with pens after a week or so. So, so she's already waiting for me to get bored with this one. So so she can buy it from me but i'm not sure it will happen this time but we'll see but i wasn't it wasn't clear to me what brand this was because i completely forget to, forgot to ask at okamoto and the labels were kind of confusing so i went home mm -hmm. and i looked at the latest issue of shumino bungabaku so we talked a few times now about how the latest issue of shumino bungabaku is this glass nib special right they, they feature a lot of glass nib creators and artists and I found my newly bought glass pen in um, in Shimino Bungabaku and it turns out that this pen is made by an artist or a studio called uh, Hanabi Glass Studio in Yokohama and what's yeah. interesting to me about about Hanabi Glass Studio is it's actually made uh, as far as I can tell there's this American guy, or a guy born in mm -hmm. the US who at one point moved to Japan and started his own glass studio in Yokohama. And he's making these pens and they're actually available online, which is kind of unusual for these popular glass pens. Yeah, and um, and 
Lucas Mahoney, he speaks English, so yes. I'm sure that if uh, if some of our listeners want to want to contact him, mm. I'm sure he's uh, he'll be happy to reply if he has the time. So I think that's that's something that's a bit special about about him. Um, easier communication. Mm. And uh, I don't know, maybe we need to have him on the show, Jacob. Maybe I, I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he has this online store and uh, he ships, as far as I can tell, he ships well, to any destination he can send to with EMS or, or a Yamato. So if, if you want to get a, a glass nib with a stub nib, then, then this might be one option. Something, just a word about the nib itself. Yeah. One of the, the cool things about these glass stub nibs is that you can also use them as architect nibs. Um, because of just the way that the ink flows from the side of the grooves, mm. whereas on a fountain pen, it's you can still do it, but it it requires you to hold the pen in such a mm. strange way. Um, so that's another uh, element of the glass pen that yields flexibility, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. I also got some inks, or I borrowed some inks from Alessa, and those were these. Um, there's this Chinese brand that suddenly shows up everywhere on Instagram. And I'm sure I'm going to mess up the pronunciation, but Fan Yantan or FYT as it's shortened. Mm-hmm. And the, the point, the, the thing about this FYT inks is that they are, most of them, if not all of them, are chroma shading. So they have like similar properties as Sailor 123 and some of the troublemaker inks. Yeah. Um, this is very interesting because you know we we talked to Ishimaru-san and he says he's not sure how to make it, how to make chroma shading inks and it's you know it's a happy accident if he managed to make one. So here we have this Chinese brand that seems to have figured out a formula and is selling, as far as I can tell, only chroma shading inks. I suspect that this might be the first Chinese ink brand that it becomes more or less widely available in the West, or at least. I wouldn't be surprised if we within you know weeks or months see Fan Yantan show up on you know the Shigure's and Yosekas and Yetpens. That's my that's my prediction. I think Shigure might uh, get them. I'm not sure about Yoseka. Um, I think like these um, Fan Yantans. There's no. They don't have a retailer, right? Like you have to buy through like the Taobao or like the AliExpress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's why I think it makes more sense for relatively small retailers to 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 you know talk, talk to them directly and figure out a way to import them. Right. So they've been pretty popular in Asia at least for yeah. for at least a year now or a year or two. Um, and um, Freya from Singapore, yes. uh, you know, good friend of the show, yeah. um, often writes with these uh, financiers. It's easier to get stuff from Taobao there, uh, in Singapore as well. And, you know, they're just beautiful. But I, I do know that sometimes they don't play well with certain um, paper. Mm. So I think I, I personally don't have experience with them, so mm. I can't really tell which paper they don't play well with. But I think if you're using something like Tomoe River, it should be okay. There's also, there's a new, I think there's a fairly recently released Fan Yantan ink set that comes in this beautiful wooden box. I, I'm very tempted to get mm. one of those. Yeah, and th- there's there's actually a couple other uh, Chinese makers um, of ink. So, for example, I think Ancient Song mm. was one that was pretty popular. I really wanted to get one, but impossible. There's one called Kaze, 
and mm. uh, that one seems to be pretty uh, popular with like shimmery inks as mm. well. Um, but again, it's only like available through these Taobao's. Yeah. So it's pretty hard to get. And then there is become fish. One word, become fish. <laughs> yeah, there's that one as well. And Korea is actually doing a lot in terms of inks as well. Mm. I'm seeing like Domanti Industries. I really want to get um, their ink set, but I don't speak Korean, so I don't know how I'm going to be able to get that. But um, but you know, there's a lot of interesting mm. like ink makers uh, now, and maybe this is a part of the glass pen trend, right? Yeah. So related to that, I wonder if we're going to see more glass pens from china i mean we i mean you can you can always find and you have for many years been able to find this very low end glass pens that are like yep. a thousand yen equivalent on you know the aliexpress right. and so on and you and more recently you also have these acrylic ones i wonder if we're going to start seeing some more high-end glass pens uh, being available yeah for sure for sure um anyways uh moving on from from the ink talk you got some pilot yeah, well, I've been I've been for a while now on like a pilot buying spree, and I found yeah, I got, got one more. So I found um, a pilot custom seven four three with a soft or an SFM nib that for a very good price that I had to get. So I have previously tried pilot's number five size soft nib, and that was actually too soft for my taste. I also tried the number ten size soft nib, and that would also too soft for my taste but, but I've always heard that the size 15 nibs so the, 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 the nib size you get with 743 that they are stiffer in general I mean we know that's true for the Falcon nib or the FA nib in particular but I, I heard that's true in general so for that reason I and because the price was so good I, I wanted to, to try this uh, size 15 SFM nib and it is actually noti noticeably uh, stiffer, noticeably less soft than the smaller ones, to the point where I would describe it as kind of, you know, Python, sorry, no, Platinum's SF and SM nib. They're not really. Yeah, they're not soft. They're not like, really soft. They don't yeah, flex. Exactly. They're a bit bouncy. Yeah, I would describe these pilot ones as more similar to Platinum's SF mm. and SF SM nibs as the pilot's smaller ones, which actually is more more to my taste. Uh, it has a little bit of give. Um, but it's not bouncy enough to be hard, hard to write with. So I, I think I might keep this one. Yeah, I mean, how long you keep it? That's that's the question. Wait, that that's yeah. There's no such thing as a permanent collection. Yeah. <laughs> so I also I also bought some pilots. One on your advice actually, and I just sent you some pictures. What advice because did I, I bought, give you? Again? I bought two uh, pilot. Ah, yeah, the, the, the BB ones. That I, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, so one of them I got uh, from Mercari, which is a size 10 BB, and the other one is a size 5 BB. And Can you see the pictures? I'm looking at, at them right now, and one of them seems to have more tipping than the other. Yeah, so the size 10 one, that tipping, doesn't that look really small? But I think, yeah, it does for sure, but... When you buy secondhand, you, you never know if someone has <laughs> tried to grind it, right? That's always the risk. Yeah. And so I took it under a loop and I checked it and it does not seem like it has been ground. So what I suspect mm. is that maybe this is just an older 
version、mm. of their BB in it, which is, I think, certainly possible.、Um, but it means that I won't be able to use it for what I wanted to、uh, do, which was stack it.、Mm. But I, I just did find that like, pretty interesting.、Um, and it's definitely something that I'll have to look out for in the future when I, when I buy stuff. Because、um, these older nibs,、mm. maybe they had just less tipping in general. But also, I mean, going back to this thing about someone potentially has already ground it, one thing I increasingly often see on Kingdom Note is that they sell pens particularly cheap when, when they say that they think there are traces of. It looks like someone may have ground it, like it's a Kenma. Like,、right. You are getting a discount because it looks like someone may have ground it, and that lowers the, the price, lowers the value of the pen. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this was interesting, I thought. Um, but let's see what I'll be able to do with these nibs. I've also been working on some projects, uh, particularly to do with cracks and chips. So I'm trying to uh, work on these kintsugi projects now, Jacob. I know you, you've had some interest in kintsugi as well to repair, uh, to repair cracks and stuff like that. So, I've been working on two pens. The first pen I bought from our good friend Trang、uh, out in California.、Mm. It is a burgundy Mont Blanc. And the section had developed this huge、um, chip. So, the whole thing was like, was gone.、Mm. And the second one is a,、uh, a customer from Niigata. And this customer sent me their, their,、uh, their 146 to tune up. And I told him, hey, there's a hairline crack. In your cap lip.、Mm. I'm sure you've never noticed it before, but it's definitely there. And either it will continue to develop or it won't. I can't tell you the answer. But if you want me to, I can try out this new technique for you. So, so I've been working on these two Mont Blanc、um, pens. And I have to say, it is coming along quite nicely. And I know Hiroko did say previously that she didn't really want to do Kintsugi. Uh, because she doesn't know like, how the, the, the crack will remain. But、yeah. I think what she did was that traditionally for Kintsugi, what you do is you mix、um, Urushi lacquer with a bunch of different things. Like there's like,、um, there's like、uh, komugi, like, like、mm. wheat. Like powder and stuff like that. And then you add like these like cotton things.、Mm. And you add like a bunch of stuff to make the filling. But modern kintsugi,、uh, you can also use epoxy putty. And I found by using epoxy putty, it actually bonds pretty well.、Mm. And then after that, I can apply the lacquer to cover the entire thing. And what I'm finding right now is that it works pretty well.、Mm. It works pretty well. So, I, I've been working on it. I should be done at least by tomorrow. So, I'll probably have some pictures to show.、And、I did show a work in progress on my,、uh, on my stories as well. But that's a little something that I've been working on. Only time will tell how well this worked, right? Because it, it,、exactly. it, it's, it's hard. You, you can't really declare victory after a few weeks, right? It, what, what, what Hiroko is saying is that once there's a crack, it, it might expand over time. And, and whatever work you did initially to, to, to try to fix it, it's not going to do anything in the end. Yeah. So, so, in order to avoid that,、uh, 
um, what she's talking about is if the crack's in a straight line and you don't break the piece off. Mm. Because in, in kintsugi, even not for pens, right? Just for like uh, like ceramics and like glass and stuff. It's possible that the crack continues to develop. Mm. So what I've been doing is I've been cutting. So so the Mont Blanc 146 that I received, it was just a hairline, but I cut the entire piece off. Mm. So I stop the crack. So I cut a bit beyond the crack and, mm. and I make it like a semicircle. So I, I'm hoping that that will, um, that will be better. But yeah, again, as you said, only time can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the gold powder um, rubbing off because obviously it's in a, it's in a position of friction. So, mm. um, so we'll see about that. Yeah. All right. Um, and I've been also trying to sell a bunch of pens, Jacob. Uh, I, I sold a lot of my Rialos. Uh, you had a comment about this previously. I, I still have like three or so. I sold a bunch of my Rialos. Of course you did. Because course I've did. been... Now, I've been buying some uh, pricier pens recently. And so, you know, this is the thing that nobody wants to talk about, but I have too many pens. And I want to reduce my collection in, by number, but I can potentially keep the value. So I, I bought a few, uh, a few pens here and there, mm. and I have some pens on order. So I'm trying to sell my pens. Uh, some flex, some vintage, uh, but yeah, it's it's been going fairly okay. Um, but yeah, that that's not really an acquisition, but more like a deacquisition, mm. right? For the last few years, anyone who has bought a limited edition pen, especially a limited edition platinum or sailor, and has kept it in relatively good condition, that has been a pretty good investment. Yeah, we'll see how far that goes. Mm. But I definitely want to just get rid of them now while I can. Because I, I remember I, I at one point I had like over half a dozen these Wagner pens. Now I, I regret selling them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people didn't know what Wagner was mm. until we started the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, it's, it's, it's all our faults, yes. It's all our faults. Anyways, um, so I've been doing that. But... Um, I've also been trying to help um, Penguins Creative, uh, April from Penguins Creative, get uh, this glass pen, this melon soda glass pen. And oh my God, I think there's a melon soda trend on top of this glass pen trend because I feel like melon soda is everywhere now. And um, so this melon soda glass pen, I believe, is made by Parapen. In, um, it's in conjunction with uh, Furukawa, uh, Furukawa Shiko. Uh, the ones that make that, that uh, what's it called, Suebumi? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Um, I'll send uh, I'll send you the link on Instagram so you can check it out. And this glass pen, I mean, my God. So this is the third time that they're selling this glass pen. Usually, like the first time, it might sell out in like a few minutes, right? Mm. Normal. Second time, it might still out, still sell out in a few minutes. The third time, usually it kind of slows down. Mm. So I had this item in my cart, right? And they start sales at 12 o'clock. I have it in my cart and just click the checkout. It's 12.02. It's all sold out. That sounds like a Kingdom Notes type experience. It was insane, Jacob. I mean, like there isn't even enough time for you to create an account that they, they require you to in order to buy this pen. And it's, it's just absolutely insane. And then this morning, 
uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it already, but if you go to Ancora's stories, mm. you'll notice that even Ishimaru-san has gotten on this melon soda trend. So he made a melon soda ink <laughs> for, for Ancora. I haven't noticed any melon soda trend, but maybe I've been at home too much. But uh, there was some melon soda sailor pen recently, right? Yes, at Ancora as well, and I did I did buy that. They had also the melon soda um, converter. The interesting thing about this ink is that um, I overheard the shop staff saying that they're going to try to make this a series, like a collection, and it says Ishimaru san no gokigen ink. And so it seems like he's just going to make <laughs> a bunch of inks that he feels like making, um, have like you know several bottles, and and whenever he feels like it, they'll be on display at Ancora. It's kind of cool. That sounds like a, sounds like a winning concept to me. Yeah, yeah. So and and you're only allowed to buy one each. So so I bought one. I think this 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 is this is very smart. That's how you battle the the, the reseller sellers. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, shall we move on to some news? Let's do that. All right. So Jacob, you have some sailor news. <laughs> Yes, uh, some mildly interesting Sailor news. So last time I talked about how Sailor had released their like, abbreviated earnings report, the so-called Kesan Tanshin, yeah. that has you know the summary numbers but no real explanation, no breakdown by by you know business segment or anything like that. Now they have the um, now they have released you know the full length one, and there's a little bit more information that that is somewhat interesting. So one thing I found interesting was that. Uh, if you look at the stationary segment, the profit margin has increased, and they explain that by a um, larger portion of the sales being fountain pen sales. So what they're saying is that they have bigger profit margin on the fountain pens than on whatever else they sell. So which would be like inks and you know standard pens and whatever else we right. within the stationary segment, which surprised me a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that fountain pens have a good profit margin but i thought ink in particular would be good in that sense for the profit margin yeah and you're saying that it's low well i'm not saying that it's low but i'm saying that they are according to sailor the profit margin has increased because fountain pens now uh, account for a bigger portion of the overall sales Mm, i see i see so that's really interesting that they didn't say anything about like this glass pen Mm. trend um, yeah, but I mean, your sailor doesn't really have anything there, right? Yeah, but you know, your sales can be affected by things that are not your products, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm pretty surprised they didn't say anything about that. Um, considering that even Encora they sell glass pens, so I'm sure they're aware of this trend. I, mean, I don't have any numbers. Maybe this is just in my head, but I get the impression that we don't see that many sailor ink releases. And nowadays, especially not that many like experimental, by which I mean, you know, shimmering or pigmented or, you know, metal filings or, you know, all the weird... Well, they never had right. that though, right, Sailor? Just stick with chromo shading. Sure, that, that, that's true, but but that doesn't mean that they they can't change that. And if they recognize this being a trend, you would perhaps would think that they could do something about that. But some of the retailers 
that for the longest have sold only like Sailor, like Gotoji, like regional exclusive inks. More and more of them are now offering, in addition to Sailor inks, also Tone and Limbs inks, right? And most of the new inks you see from those retailers are not Sailor inks, but Tone and Limbs inks, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Sailor had done the, uh, the Thanksgiving series with Giftionary Delta, um, the first one, Daybreak, I think it is is really great. Mm. The second one, for some reason, they decided to name it Lucifer. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I, I mean, they called it the Morning Star. I don't right. think they understood like the the, the implications behind that. Right. And then we also have Kamogawa. So I'm not sure if it's because like sailors not doing anything, or the retailers aren't doing anything, or if it's because now we're seeing so much more of those like tono limbs. However, I will say that like. You know, before when you think of like Gotochi Inc, you mm. would think of like um, uh, Pen the Maestro mm. um, uh, from Shizuoka. Right. Uh, Kobayashi, right? Yeah, Kobayashi. You think of like that series, right? Mm. I don't, I think they're doing less of like the full series stuff and doing like more one off or like slowly building it out. But so I think. Tono and Lim's real genius, the real business innovation is their ability to very quickly and perhaps at a, at a comparatively low cost, produce a new ink. So if you are a retailer, right. even a small retailer, and you want a new ink, I would expect, without knowing anything, I would expect that it's a lot easier to get that ink done through Toner Limbs than through Sailor Today. And I think that would explain why we see more and more of these Toner Limbs inks. Yeah, agreed. So that's one. The other thing I wanted to mention, um, if we may have talked about this before, I can't remember, but uh, so Sailor's CapEx has increased and the reason for that is that they are building an all new factory or they are actually rebuilding their entire factory in, in Kure on their historical site in Kure. Uh, one of the reasons is that you know this factory has been around for over 70 years, but the bigger reason is that three years ago in 2018, there was very heavy rain in Southern Japan in particular, always heavy rain in southern Japan during during summer here, right? But it was particularly bad in 2018 to the point where Sailor's factory in Korea was completely flooded and production just stopped. They couldn't do anything for three weeks. So it took them three weeks just to get production up and running again. But there's still permanent damage done to the factory because of those, that heavy rain in 2018. And that is one of the reasons now why they now, you know, with new capital are rebuilding their entire factory. Um, related to that, what I think is interesting is that if you remember when we started talking about Plus and Sailor, the very first time Plus Invested in Sailor was also 2018. Um, I suspect that might not be a coincidence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think like that was probably when they really needed to cry for help. Yeah. So I'm glad that at least they still exist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And. Yeah, and even though the, the stationary business is doing pretty okay right now, it's still um, the the robotics division is actually doing even better. And the reason for that, as we covered in a few episodes back, is that one of the companies that makes syringes for the vaccines that are now being distributed, at, at least in Japan, they are using sailors robotics, the sailors robots to make the syringes. 
<laughs> so Sailor is uh, yeah. um, making money off the vaccines right now. So hilarious. But, Maybe that's why they're they're um, in the black. So that's all I had about about Sailor. Um, speaking of vaccines, Jacob, I, I sent you this pretty mm. funny article. Yes. Uh, the other day. Um, do you want to tell our audience? Or do you want me to tell our audience? Yeah, so so um, the, they did this experiment in Fukui, which uh, I can't remember which kind of urushi they're famous for, but uh, they have uh, some urushi. Yeah, some urushi in Fukui, and I think they commissioned the, some kind of like textile research center in Tokyo to do an experiment where they took some like acrylic plate, I believe, and they they applied urushi on it. They coated it with urushi. And then they somehow put some uh, coronavirus on it. And then they wanted to see how, how well that coronavirus survived on Urushi. And they what they found was that overnight or after 24 hours, over 99% of the coronavirus was gone. Yeah. And um, the, the reasoning behind this is because Urushi, once it's cured, it has antibacterial properties. So this was born out of this kind of like a hypothesis. And obviously Fukui is like a, they're like a um, urushi making part. So they said that uh, because people are eating less out and one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, markets for urushi was chopsticks and yes. bowls. Yeah. So their sales really went down mm. um, because people are eating out less. So now they have to tell the um, the urushi industry like union uh, about these findings so that they can kind of market this urushi. So if y'all are writing with uh, with urushi pens, um, that's COVID safe. You don't you don't have to have copper. Except this one thing I could not find in this article. I could not tell if they actually waited for the Urushi to cure. Hopefully they did that because that would make the results more meaningful. But if they don't, didn't do that, uh, if they have to wait for the Urushi to cure, they would have to wait for a long time, right? Um, but if they didn't, then the results are kind of meaningless. So <laughs> I hope they did, but <laughs> I'm not, not sure based on the article. I'm pretty sure they did because it the, the length of... Um, of curing depends on the humidity, mm. so you can control that in the in the mm. So, yeah. Anyways, it's 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 a funny article that uh that I thought I'd share with you, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, and Hiroka found this as well, and she 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 posted it, she she tweeted about it, and she was very excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, um, and. Onto the next uh, piece of news mm. is this company that's pretty known for making like virally popular pens. Yes. Uh, and these pens, like it's crazy. Use people spend like seven, eight hundred dollars on them. Yes. And this company is NBC Seisaku. And I think they are part of Kinoka. They're actually just related to Kinoka, right? Yeah, because you could only buy those pens from Kinoka mm. Kunia. So, they've come out with a new pen, Jacob. I think you or someone posted it in our Instagram uh, group chat, right? And um, mm -hmm. what's interesting about it, first of all, this is 
not a Sailor Pandit, this is their first ever Platinum 3776. Yep, that's right. And um, yeah, tell us the thing. <laughs> well, let's start with a, with a good thing. The good, what I like about this pen is that it has a pretty cool engraving with the little peach on it, and uh, which is totally an inappropriate emoji. <laughs> well, yeah, in the planning situation, yeah. <laughs> but it's also uh, at least the nib is rose gold plated and looking at the photo posted by addicted planner stickers i think yesterday or today Mm -hmm. i'm now starting to think that the entire pen as in both the cap band and the clip are also rose gold plating although the the, um, nbc's own instagram post doesn't seem to say that so if that's the case that's something i do like about it before i talk about what i don't like about it what what, what's your view on this pen Uh, i know a lot of people love like rose gold plating for me it's like you know it's not a deal breaker uh at all but i think um yeah it's a it's a platinum it's platinum 3776 so i'm not I'm not a target market for this for various reasons. And I, as you know, I rarely buy these store exclusives, limited editions, but I can still appreciate a, a thoughtfully designed, a well-made one. And I think that Pentonote and Hachimonja in particular, but also sometimes Nagasawa and credit where credit is due, even Morrison with his, with his Wagner Platinums. Some of those pens are really beautiful and there's, there's, there's really thought behind it. This pen, to me, looks like the very dictionary definition of a parchment pen. I, I, I don't get the color combination. I disagree. Okay. I think, I think that the pen looks like apricot peach tea. I think the pen is super on theme. The thing is, apricot peach tea, that color is not very pretty. So when I saw NBC's own Instagram post, I thought, I thought just like Alice, I thought maybe there's some gradient here. I mean, maybe it's not too bad. But when I thought, so when I saw Addicted Planner Seekers photo, first of all, her photo, I mean, I mean, no complaints about it's her photo. It's hundred times better. Yeah, I mean, and she, she does beautiful flat lace and so on. But you could see more clearly what a pen looks like in her photo and to me that that just that just random parchment I, I didn't like it at all but, but again i i'm not yeah. i mean that doesn't really matter because i am not the target audience for this pen um i don't like it either i i just think the colors like like i think it looks like apricot peach tea but i just don't like those colors to begin with and some things that look nice in nature don't necessarily look look nice as a combination on like on products. Yeah. I think this is one of those. Um, interestingly, they also came out with an ink, a matching ink, and that is um, it is a scented ink, ma- and it ma- is not. It is not sailor. It is not platinum. I don't know where this comes from. 
That's what I'm wondering about too, because if Sailor is not making the pen, you wouldn't expect him to, to do the ink. And and all, even though Platinum has its own line of inks, um, I've never seen any 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 like custom-made Platinum inks like this. So yeah, I, I, I don't know who's making the ink. They haven't given us any hints. I'm really curious about that. And it also is not a... Sh it doesn't look like a tonal limb thing. It doesn't mean... It's not, but you know, based on the bottle, it's not something I've seen before. And if it was a well-known ink maker, I would have expected them to say that. Yeah, and oh my god! So, I, I um, I just opened the the app. Uh, sorry, not uh, not the app, but uh, I opened the Twitter. Mm. And um, on the Twitter account, they tweeted about this uh, this pen, and. On Twitter, there's this like thing where it says, um, "Oh, are you sure you want to view this because it's sensitive content?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's it's good. because of the peach. That's <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this is uh, this is not product for us. But it's still interesting that they're doing this, right? Because again, this is the first time NBC is doing a platinum pen. And I'm all for that. I have no problems with that whatsoever. But I'm still curious about why they now do for the first time a platinum pen. So is this driven by a customer feedback? Is this because platinum is stepping up their early game and approach them? Or is this because they wanted to do a Sailor pen but Sailor can't keep it up? Or is this because the they asked Sailor, but 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 Sailor quoted a price too high. I mean, I would like to know. Yeah. Uh, probably we will never know, but I would like to know the reason why they decided to go yeah. with a platinum this time. But I have to say, the price. I mean, it's it's okay for me personally. I think it's too expensive for a platinum. It's um, it's about three hundred thirty dollars. But that's less than a Kinshu, and that's like almost half of what they charge for the black cat. That's what, what I meant about cost. So, I mean, even though yeah. the, the Black Cat was flying off the shelves, that was a very expensive pen. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, final bit of news uh, for today. Um, so we talked about Hobonichi and, uh, and their MJ collaboration um, the other day. <laughs> yes. And they got a barrage of negative feedback. Yeah. And so very, very surprisingly... They they did not do it publicly, as in they d did not come out with uh, with any kind of like a press release. But if you go to that product page on um, on their website, you will see that uh, I'm just gonna read it out actually. Uh, so it says after receiving customer input on the news of our Hobonichi 2022 collaboration with Michael Jackson, we are in the process of reconsidering the release of these products. When we have more information, we will post it on the Hobonichi Techo official website, updated 15 August 2021. So, even though they didn't like announce it, they did put it on this product page, uh, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that they 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 actually backtracked. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I mean. I don't, I don't have any particular opinion about this, but but I, it's interesting to see that they are being so, you know, pragmatic about it. Um, yeah, but I, I wonder how much money they would lose from, from not doing. The, 
the release because they must already have all of the products. Yeah, sure, but it's also always about risk calculus. They might lose money if yeah. they still go ahead. So yeah, it's yeah. So, decision. anyways, I mean, it's a huge hit for for Hobonichi for sure. But that that's very interesting. And so, even though it says they will reconsider the release of these products, mm. I went to um, Tobichi today, which is their 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 actual store, and um, they had a preview event going on. And it was not there at the preview event. Hmm. Yeah, because, so, because otherwise, yeah. what I almost half expected them to do is to, is to just release it in Japan and not <laughs> tell the rest of the world. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Um, but apparently, uh, it does look like it is cut from their lineup. So, I mean, we'll see in a few months mm. when, when things get more uh, clear. But I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right, um, let's do some Q&A, Jacob. Let's do that. All right, so uh, first question. It's from Vladimir uh, from IG, Instagram. He says, here's the setup. You find that one ink, you know that you won't need any others in this color because the best ones will only come close but not replace it. Naturally, it's limited and naturally costs an absurd amount. Let's, for the sake of it, say um, 2,750 yen for 30 millimeters. How much ink is enough ink, and does it have to last you a lifetime? <laughs> well, I don't really buy the premise because I think for almost any ink you find, like if you find some obscure, like Sailor Gotoji ink from Totori or whatever, you could probably find something that is almost exactly the same from, you know, Diamond or Tonin Dames or Robert Oster. So, to give an example of that, a few months ago I went to. Uh, I went to Itoya in Yokohama, and Itoya and Yokohama, they have this ink bar where you have these, you know, re- ink recipes. So you can say, I want ink number, you know, 59 evening rolls, and they blend it for you on the spot, and you get your own little bottle of an ink number 55 evening rolls. So I I got two inks that I thought was really nice. I didn't think I had, had anything like it. I went home, I swapped them, and I compared to my existing swaps, and I realized I had basically bought clones of Marzen, Athena, and Parat Irojizuku Edo Murasaki. <laughs> so, yeah, so un- unless you're talking about, you know, the label or, you know, the name or the, the particular shape of the bottle or some combination of that, I-, I don't think there's such a thing as, you know, the one and only ink you can ever replace. Uh, so that would be my answer, and also I'm I'm against hoarding in general. I would only buy a one, one one ink, one bottle of any ink. What, what about you? Except for um, Mars and Blue Black, right? I did buy a second bottle of of a Mars and Eternal Eternal Blue only because I so strongly dislike Sailor's vase bottle. I I, I want to get rid of the vase bottle and have a new one. In the original traditional, what you, what you call the pill bottle, and I would much rather have that. Yeah, so I also don't buy the premise, not because I don't think there's like, you know, these unique inks, but I think if you have more than 10 bottles of ink, you're never going to use them all unless you're a nib grinder or, you know, you're like, like, creating art like splashing the ink everywhere Mm. i have never seriously finished a bottle of ink that was not compiki and that's only because i use compiki to test my nib grinds yeah 
Um, let's say for the sake of it, it's this price for this much ML. I would get 60 uh, mLs. I think 60 mLs is pretty reasonable. It's, it's not it's not a lot, so that's two bottles. Um, but otherwise, I don't really fear me like using all of it because I I'll give you an example, right? Um, you like burgers. You go and eat a gourmet burger. It's the best burger you've ever eaten in your life. That doesn't mean that you don't go back and crave a Big Mac sometimes. So even if that's like your favorite ink of all time, you're still going to use other inks. So I, I don't really think that like, you know, this is a, okay, my forever ink forever and ever. <clears throat> However, if you're only using one ink, then I'd say you can buy a bit more. Mm. And at that point, if you're only going to ever use one ink, I don't think the cost matters. Yeah, I think your point about, you know, there's, there's always another ink you want to use is a very good point. And to me, that goes back to this whole idea about glass pens. And what I mean by that is that I might ink up, you know, one or two fountain pens with some inks that I really, really want to use. And you know, I want to use some Eternal Blue and I want to use some Edo Murasaki. I've been like waiting to use those inks. But you know, the, the next day, I have a look at my ink shelf and I say, hey, I haven't used, you know, um, I haven't used, you know, Marisa and Dokkan in a while. Now I want to use that one instead. And to me, that is the reason, that is that is the problem that a glass pen solves for me because it, there's usually just, it takes me only one day to get bored with an ink and, and wanting to try another ink. And, and a glass pen allows me to do that without having to, you know, either ink up another pen and, ink, and end up with like 30 ink pens or, you know, um, having to clean up a pen with an ink that I actually enjoy using. But even though it solves that problem, it doesn't solve the ink is very expensive problem, right? So if, if you want to save your inks, don't buy any glass pens. But I have never had that problem because if anything, I, I, I want to use up my, my inks. Right? I, I, right. I want to shrink <laughs> my, my shelf question, space. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right, second question. Hey guys, it seems like part of the fountain pen habit is to find that quote-unquote perfect pen, whether it be the way it writes mm. or looks. I actually like the idea of having quote-unquote the pen, right. which I can use for work, journaling, or just jotting notes down. I know that for most of us, having the pen is not going to happen, but I'm interested to know what your version would look like. What mm. nib, brand grind, bow design, materials, filling system, and ink would you pick? Love the podcast. <laughs> Cheers, Tom. Okay, so for the, those who follow me on Instagram will we'll have seen a lot of like exotic Urushi pens and like limited special editions. But for me, there's a very big difference between, you know, pens for Instagram and pens that I actually enjoy using because that's not, that's not the same thing. So for me, Mm -hmm. uh, the pens that I would consider like perfect pens for me, the pens that I enjoy inking up and using every day, they usually have, I think, three like, like common traits. The first one is they always have a, a relatively stiff nib with pencil-like feedback. And that is one of the reasons why I like Japanese nibs so much. I think both Sailor, I think Sailor and Platinum and Pilot, they always, they all have really good nibs uh, in that sense. But I, I'm not limited to Japanese nibs. For example, I have some nibs, some like, Jovo nibs that have been ground by Mark Bakas 
the nib grinder and I absolutely love his nib grinds. I think he's architect in particular and also he's a predator. He's really dialed in that pencil feedback just perfectly. So those are examples of like nibs that I would that I enjoyed using and I would want to have in my you know perfect pen. The other thing is um, to me a pen has to be comfortable in hand and for me that usually means in particular that the section has to be a little bit on the girthy side, it should be concave um, and, it, and it has to be grippy and to me that means I'd, I can't use slim pens, my, my hand hurts if I use slim pens, I can't use metal sections and my hand hurts if I use that and I also don't like these, you know, these Leonardo pens with these, you know, tapered sections. I know people love them, that's great, use them if you like them, that doesn't work for me. So that, that's the, the second important trait of a perfect pen for me. The third thing, and that's I think where my here's where I think my opinion deviates from most fountain pen users. I don't enjoy using a Namik Emperor or a Toma or a special edition Mont Blanc or some you know one of a kind you know Nagahara Senior or Saka Eski pen that you know is irreplaceable because I don't enjoy, I find no enjoyment in using pens that I have to baby, that I have to be very careful about. Because to me, a pen, a pen that I enjoy using is a tool, is a workhorse pen, and I prefer pens that I have some micro scratches where maybe the, um, the cap band, where the gold plating has come off a bit. Um, a pens that I don't need to be careful with, that I absolutely prefer using those kinds of pens, which basically means my favorite pens are not what anyone would consider a great pen. Actually, let me add one, one fourth thing that I also enjoy. I don't particularly consider large ink capacity to be an advantage because that's not how I use my pens. That is not really a meaningful use case for me, but I do consider ease of cleaning to be an advantage. I do consider the ability right. to use a saturated ink without uh, staining the barrel to be an advantage. I do consider the ability to prime the feed an advantage. And for that reason, I gravitate toward cartridge converter pens. So what all of this means is that the answer to this question is that my perfect pen is a worn Secondhand Pilot 743 with some interesting, you know, posting or Waverly or course name. It's a super boring answer, but that's my answer. Wow, I couldn't have expected that at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, jokes aside, I think for me, um, a gold nib, uh, course nib, so that I can grind it down later, maybe um, a one four six sized. Pilot Custom Heritage 92 where you can disassemble the section. I think that would be pretty perfect. So I think the um, Leonardo Momento Magico, that actually comes pretty close mm. um, to a perfect uh, perfect shape and size for me. Alright. That, that was a surprisingly fast short answer from you. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not really picky. I would have expected some uh, some of your, your, your new, what's it called? That's that, uh... That Arco pen you had, for example. Um, let's revisit that topic. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, all right, last question. I'm going to go really quickly on this. I'm a fairly recent listener to the show, and I would like a little clarification on something that's been mentioned offhandedly in some recent episodes. Uh, what's your issues with Platinum's pens, nibs in particular? I've heard the two of you mention QC issues. I'd like to hear more because the consensus 
over here seems to be that their nibs are held in high mm. regard. Ryan from the USA. So this is for you. <laughs> so platinum actually doesn't perform any QC on their nibs. So, uh, so they 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 make the nibs. They 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 cut it, and none of their nibs are hand finished. They just they just tumble dry them and then they just slot them on on pens. And, and I know this because I was told this by a shopkeeper who had talked to the nib person at Platinum, who's been working there for like five or six years now. So, so first of all, that's the problem. The second problem is that more often than not, you'll see that Platinum, especially when you compare them with Pilot, who I think makes the best pens, uh, the, the tying gap is, is quite large. So what this can result in, I'm not saying that it won't write well, but what it potentially results in is um, maybe some kind of a scratchiness, uh, especially if you write with their UEF, where there's like almost no tipping at all. Um, you know, it, it could cause some uh, some scratchiness. I suppose that's also part of the reason why they have that very distinctive feedback, which some people like. Um, for me, uh, that's not a sign of, of good nip tuning. I think it has to just touch at the tip. Otherwise, you could run into even some flow issues mm. because if there's the gap is too wide, um, then the ink will not reach the end because of the way that capillary action works. The third thing is that more often, well, I wouldn't say more often than not, but occasionally you're going to find if you look under a loop that the tipping is pinched and, um, and it's actually not flush with the tine itself. And I've heard too many horror stories of platinum tipping suddenly snapping off and um and you know this is for me it's, it's unacceptable as a as a pen manufacturer that your 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 tipping would just suddenly snap off so you know it's happened a few times too many and i think you know even their tipping it, it's very soft especially when compared to to pilot um yeah it's just a bunch of issues and, you know, going back to that time gap, if you were to even fix it, because the alloy is so darn hard, it actually hurts my fingers. And, and I'm developing calluses on my fingers trying to reduce that time gap. So that's the reason why. And then I will just add one word to this Curidas period. Yeah. And thanks very much. Uh, that's the episode. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Um, anything else to add? No, I think that's it. All right. So with that, um, you can find me. Uh, my name is CY. Uh, you can find me on my website at TokyoStationPens.com, on Instagram at TokyoStationPens, and on Twitter at TokyoStationMNH. And my name is Jacob. I'm Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter and have a blog at Fudafan.com. Bye-bye.